Welcome to the Married People Podcast, where we help you make marriage real, fun, and simple. Each week, we have honest conversations about one simple thing that can make your marriage better. Because when your marriage is better, everything's better. I'm CJ, and right now, I'm joined by our resident newlywed, Afton. Hi. And I'm also joined by our 22-year marriage veteran. He's an author, speaker, and the director of MarriedPeople.org, Ted Lowe. Hey, everybody. And today on the Married People Podcast, we're asking kind of a heavier question this week. We're, we're asking the question, why do I keep making the same mistakes in my marriage? And this is, that's a weighty topic, Ted. <laughs> it is. And But we're, we're, what we're talking about is we all have those those things in us and in our marriage, those things that make you, you know, kind of react like, oh, I did it again, or oh, I blew up again, or oh, I told her I was going to be home at seven and now it's 8.15. And we all have areas in our marriage where we live in that land of, if I could fix this or get rid of this or get past that, then my marriage would actually be better if I could get past it. But we struggle to get past it, get past those behaviors or whatever they are, right? Yeah. So what's yours? How's that, CJ? <laughs> oh, man, right off the bat. Right off the bat. Like, where do you see that happening for you? Oh, man. Um, so where do I see, like, oh, man, I did it again. I'm you know, making that same mistake again. I think for me, it's off the top of my head, it's getting home really late uh, after work. So Terry gets home, you know, or between four and five, somewhere around there. And I'm always trying to be like, okay, I'm going to be home at six tonight. I'm going to be home. You know, we're going to go out on our date night. I'm going to pick you up right at six 30. And I just always struggle. I make the mistake of, uh, driving right past that. And I w- I'll work till seven or eight or eight 30 at night a lot of times. And that's just like the, Oh, I did it again. And it seems kind of like, Oh, just leave on time. But it's just like, it's harder than that for me. It's harder than that. What about you, Afton? I have no problem leaving work on time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not mine. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, for me, the thing that I'm like, Oh, I did it again. Like those things that you, you know, after the fact, like after the fact, you looked at it and you're like, man, I knew Mm -hmm. that was going to happen. Um, mine would probably be, I like, I have like this very perfectionist view of our house and like, I have really high expectations for how, for having a perfect house, how things are in my, like, I don't know why it manifests itself in my house so much. It definitely is other places, but I do have this like perfectionist tendency of like, Things need to be perfect in this house. And when they're not perfect, like when Hudson comes in and puts his shoes somewhere or leaves his backpack somewhere or there's pillows on the floor, it like makes it makes me angrier than it should make me. <laughs> like, it makes me angrier than that is realistically for me to be. So that's that mistake that you're yeah, just like, and you then have I, that, well, I make it like a really big deal and it's like not that big of a deal, but I make it a really big deal. And I, I always look back and I'm like, man, if I hadn't have made that such a big deal we would have a totally different night. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Ted, what about you? Anything come to mind? Yeah. I feel like one of the things I think all of the people that live with Nancy Lowe, uh, her three (laughs) children and me, all of the people, all the, all us people and the dog. Um, I feel like we treat her like the house Siri. Uh, (laughs) It's, and it's mainly starts with where is my, or do you know where is? 
and it's so funny. Some of the questions are like, there's ones she couldn't possibly answer. You know, the kids will say like, you know, why is it thundering outside? She's like, <laughs> I don't, well, she's very smart. So we, th- you know, yeah. she's Miss Valedictorian in high school. So we got, you got to go have all the information, right? Mm-hmm. So I know that um, she's very responsible. And so I know questions for her. It's like you've handed her the mantle of responsibility. That makes mm-hmm. sense. So mm-hmm. if I say, where's my shoes? Instead of her saying, I'm not sure. It's like, I've said, hey, it's your job to go find my shoes. And so I know not to do that. And yet I get in a hurry and I got to go and I got things to do. And I got to, ah, if I don't get this done, 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 because I'm a perfectionist like CJ. And I'm, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going to break my own rule. Hey, I, uh, where's my earphones? I got to have them for this podcast. And mm-hmm. so um, I keep doing that. I keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, she's great. Doesn't make a big deal about it. But I know it stresses her. And mm-hmm. I need to stop. Yeah. But I don't know why. I think just... There's something in me that I could get all these things done that's going to kind of trump that bothering her. Mm. Yeah, Ted, I feel like we all have those things that we're just like, oh, I keep doing that. Or, oh, I have that mistake that I keep making. And in hindsight, I'm like, if I could get past this, uh, then my marriage would be better. Sure. And that's why I'm excited about today's interview with Carlos Whitaker, because he wrote a book called Kill the Spider, which is all about this, this idea of pushing past these things, these uh, these moments, these behaviors. And so without further ado, let's just jump right into that interview with Carlos. Hey, today I'm so excited to be here with my friend Carlos Whitaker. Carlos, well, he does uh, pretty much everything. Carlos is a People's Choice Award winner. Wow. Yeah. A, Let's just lead off with that one, bro. I, well, you know, I'm going to start with the goods right, <laughs> yes, there. right yeah. there. A former recording artist signed to a major label, a social media maven, and currently spends the majority of his time writing books and speaking on stages around the world. But I got to tell you, the thing I love about Carlos is he's just as impressive off stage as he is on as a friend, as a husband, as a dad. So, Carlos, thank you for being here. Thanks, Ted, uh, for having me, buddy. Yeah, welcome it's... to the Married People Podcast. I'm, I'm on the Married People Podcast right now. Well, you're very fancy. I'm I'm sure it's your most high-profile podcast. Hey, listen, to date. listen. I am in because I am a people and I am married. Yeah. So, boom. I am a married people. I'm a married people. Here I am. Well, you know, when I was thinking about, um, I knew I was going to get the opportunity to interview you, and was yeah. excited about that. And I thought, what direction should we should we take this thing? And uh, we'll go there. But I want to sure. start with single lady devastation. Yeah, let's go there. For talk a little bit about this YouTube clip that yeah. went crazy. Uh, and if people haven't seen it, like the four people that are left that have right, it, right, tell right. them where they can see that. You know, it's it's funny. It was almost seven years ago now. Uh, my wife and my kids and myself were in the car here in Atlanta. Actually, we were living in Atlanta. I was working at Buckhead Church at the time. Uh, we were driving to a Braves game. And that Beyonce song, All the Single Ladies, came on. <laughs> and my kids started singing it. They were going nuts in the backseat of the car. And I thought, oh, it's kind of cute. So I pulled my phone out. And I just started recording them singing all the single ladies. All You guys know the song that are listening, you Beyonce fans. And um, they were singing it. I started recording them. And I thought to myself about a chorus, maybe two choruses into the song. I should probably tell my son that he's not a single lady. Just, you know, but what the heck? Just, be, just, just being yeah. a good dad. Well, so I was like, hey, buddy, you're not a single lady. Just because I thought I was being funny. Yeah. Well, at the time, he was, he had to have been just two years old, maybe. And I don't know what he thought I said, but he knew that dad said no. And he just started weeping. Wah! He broke into tears. And so I was like, no, 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 it's okay. You could be a single lady if you want. Whatever. So <laughs> I have this on video and I think, oh, I'm going to send this to my mom. Like, this is funny. And my wife goes, actually, that's really funny. You should, you should put that on YouTube. And I was like, 
Now, now take it. YouTube at this time in 2010 wasn't near what it is today. Um, and so I put it on YouTube. There weren't a lot of viral videos at the time. Bro, in 24 hours, we had over 500,000 views. Uh, the next morning, we were on the CBS Early Show, on the Today Show, Good Morning America, Jimmy Kimmel Show, Ellen Show. They're all calling. Everyone's calling because they want to see my son, and they want to meet this horrible father who made his son cry by saying he's not a single lady. So the video goes viral. We have, uh, we have a good time with it. Not only that did it go viral for you know our 15 minutes of fame, but even nine months later, we got called by the People's Choice Award. And they told us that we're going to be one of four viral videos that people will be able to vote on the favorite viral video of the year. That's amazing. And sure enough, it was us. And we got picked up in a limo in LA, <laughs> got walked down the red carpet, had a green room next to um, Selena Gomez, and <laughs> sat on the third row behind the Kardashians. And, <laughs> and we, on national television, accepted an award for me making my son cry on a YouTube video. That's how crazy this world is. So it went nuts. How great is that? I think of all the things you've done all the conferences you've spoken at, all the books that you've written, and then this was... What did it do to your career? What did it do to your passions? Yeah, you know, so at that time, I was... I had I'd actually just stopped working full-time for the church, so I wasn't working. I was still leading worship at North Point, um, but I was actually putting out a, a record with Integrity Music at the time, and that video actually went viral the week before my record came out. Mm-hmm. So... Talk about like accidental marketing, mm. but it was it was fantastic. I'm I'm all over the news now, and as recording our artist Carlos Whitaker, and so my, of course my album went skyrocket. You know, um, it was a blast. So what what else that did kind of pass that was it kind of put me in a because I I love social media. I've always been a social media fanatic, and so it kind of helped me step into a place outside of the church walls. So I was being invited to speak on social media mm. and things like that, not at church conferences, but on CNN and on you know all these places. And so suddenly I found myself being ushered outside of the church, which was really cool. Mm. Um, and so that happened there. You know, it actually helped me with the beginning of my, my first book called Moment Maker. Um, really, you know, the book starts with this um, this story of mm. how people saw and were so gripped by this one moment in my life on YouTube. Uh, and it made me start thinking, like, what what is it about this moment and what is it about moments in general that people are so attracted to? And I realized there's just, a, it's it's the authenticity factor. So people mm. actually were attracted to this moment in this video because they, they, they saw a father make a mistake and make his kid cry and, you know, all this stuff. And so I started researching more and more moments and moment makers and started looking at the life of Jesus and uh, wrote a book based on the life of Jesus and how he created, received, and rescued moments on a daily basis. Mm. So I, I, you know, I stopped um, doing music about Four, three years ago, I uh, started speaking full-time and writing books. And so I wrote, wrote my first book, Moment Maker, and I got another book coming out. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm on, you know, I'm out with Orange, um, and um, I'm speaking a lot with Orange, and uh, I'm loving this new season of life I'm in. But I will say that uh, this video, I mean, I could easily say was the catalyst for, mm. you know, a lot of great things that have happened in my life. Wow. I- for me, I mean, obviously it was a very funny video, but I, the thing that was so endearing to me is watching you try to get yourself out of the, 
out of it. Like yeah. to go, oh, I've hurt my, no, buddy, you can Nobody be a single lady. It's amazing how, like, I'm sure you're sitting there going, I need him to know he's a man. Yeah. Right. And then <laughs> just as quickly, no, you can be a lady. It was just so, it so endearing that you yeah, guys. Yeah. So you got to watch it. You got like, like yeah, you guys so need to. They, they just go on pause YouTube. Pause the podcast. And, if you just, if you just Google single ladies devastation. You'll, it'll be the first thing that pump. Oh, it's 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 up. a good laugh. It's one of those that you can watch a hundred times. So, yeah, so good stuff. Well, Carlos, the thing I'm so excited about is again, we always want to highlight people on the podcast who, you know, not only are killing it, you know, in their realm, whether that's ministry, whether that's speaking, whether that's business, whatever that is. Yeah, they're killing it there, but they're also killing it at home. They're not they're not sacrificing one for for the other. They're they're doing both. And yeah. so you've got this new book out. Uh, called Kill the Spider, Getting Rid of What's Really Holding You Back. Yeah. Can you share with people that are listening, you know, what's the basic concept uh, behind it? Yeah. So obviously that's a big swing for my first book, Moment Maker, to Kill the Spider. Um, We've we've shifted and I've shifted. And what I love about the book is it's actually showing a shift in my um, even even in, in my heartbeat and where my ministry is going. Kill the Spider is based off of a story that my father told me when I was, I was driving to a seven day experiential therapy center called onsite outside of Nashville, Tennessee. So I'm a big believer in therapy. Never did I think I'd be such a believer in therapy that I would go to seven straight days of it, but I'm on my way to this uh, place. Now, the reason why I was going was because I had, I found myself making the same mistakes over and over. And, And every time I would try to fix kind of those sin issues in my life, it'd be great for six months. And then I would find my, those same bad behaviors kind of popping back up. So my therapist is like, you should go to this place called Onsite. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. So I, I'm driving to Onsite and I decided to call my dad. And I was like, hey, dad, listen, because we talk a lot, my dad and I. So I was like, I'm, they actually take your phone at this place. We have no access to the outside world. We are off the grid. So I just need to tell you I'm going. I don't really know why I'm going, but I know that I keep kind of making the same mistakes. But whatever, dad, I just need to let you know I'm going. And my dad stops me. We're 10 minutes away. And he goes, Carlos let me tell you a story. And I was like, dad, I don't, I don't have time for a story. I've got 10 minutes. I've got to hug Heather and the kids goodbye. He's like, no, listen, when I was preaching my first revival in Panama, I'll cut my dad's accent now and just talk normal. <laughs> but when I was preaching my first revival in Panama, um, he said, I was in my twenties and the first night of the revival, I give the invitation and this older lady, Miss Ramita stands up in the back of the room and she starts coming forward. And now she's been in the church her, my whole, my dad's whole life. And I don't know why she would be coming forward, but she comes forward and she said, Pastor, can you please pray that the Lord cleans the cobwebs out of my life? Mm-hmm. So my dad goes, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's kind of poetic. Sure, I'll pray that. So my dad said he prayed that the Lord cleans the cobwebs from her life. So then the next night she comes forward and he's like, oh, maybe she's going to come forward and tell me, thanks for the prayer. So she comes forward and she goes, can you, can you pray one more time that the Lord cleans the cobwebs out of my life? Just a little bit harder. <laughs> he's like, ah, okay. So he said he prayed again. He goes, then the last night of the revival, and I'm like, dad, I'm in the parking lot now. Can you hurry the story up? He goes, God, let's listen. The last time of the revival, Mr. Amitas come, comes forward one more time. And I'm sure that this time she goes, he's done it. He's cleaned the cobwebs. And she said, Pastor, can you just one more time? Can you pray that the Lord cleans the cobwebs from my life? And my dad said he looked her square in the eye and said, no. Tonight we pray he kills the spider, the spider that's producing those cobwebs. Wow. And he said, Carlos, I've watched you your entire life clean the cobwebs. You are a master cobweb cleaner. Five steps to a better marriage. Three steps to stop looking at pornography. Four steps to this. Five steps to this. I've, I've watched you. You're, you're really good at all those things. But you're never going to stop cleaning those cobwebs unless you get past the behavior 
to the root, and mm. you're there to kill your spider, bro. I, 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 it was like a, an inhaler to an asthmatic when my dad told me that story. I suddenly mm. realized, oh my gosh, I've been doing the wrong thing. Mm. I've been trying to go to counseling to fix my behavior. I've been trying to go to counseling to get, have a better marriage. Um, all of these things when the truth is there was something way more sinister lying behind those behaviors that I needed to get to the root mm. of. And so, so the book is my journey past my cobwebs to my spider, not only spider, but spiders, because we have many. And then my journey to kill my spider and to drive that, that stake through the heart of it. And um, I tell you what, it's a, it is, it is a, obviously you can tell by the, the, the story my dad told, it's a heavier book than Moment Maker, right? And so, so Kill the Spider, we're, we're tackling some deeper issues. And, but what I love about it is, is I'm seeing this book bring so much freedom to so many people mm-hmm. that have been chasing their tail, man. They've been chasing the mm. medicating behaviors. And so kind of on, um, from jump street, just to let people know, you know, again, the, the, the story here and the idea here is that a spider ends up being just so you know, a lie that you've made an agreement to. Okay. Mm. So that's a spider. A spider is a lie that you've made an agreement to a cobweb is a medicating behavior mm. that brings you false comfort to that lie. Okay. So for instance, um, maybe somebody's listening to this podcast and, you know, they, they've had an emotional affair. They can't seem to stop getting their heart filled by um, the compliments of other people in their, you know, outside of their marriage. Mm. So what ends up happening is we go to counseling to try to fix our marriage, mm. but that, that's just cleaning the cobwebs. You see, Absolutely. that's just cleaning the cobwebs. What they have to do is get to the lie that they've agreed to. At some point in their life that now this medicating behavior of affairs or whatever Mm. that may be is bringing them comfort to some sort of lie about intimacy or some sort of lie about um, who they are, if they're desirable. There's a lie Mm. at some point that was was birthed that they've got to break that lie. When they break that lie, guess what? Mm. Marriage fixed. Carlos, if not too personal, what's one of your lies? Yeah, no, not too personal at all. I, I jump into a whole bunch of lies. Um, I will, I'll just go to, to my big lie in the book, one of my big lies. There's two, kind of two big lies in the book. Um, the, in, in the book, I deal with my, my anxiety and depression, and then I also deal with my marriage uh, as, as kind of two major kind of traumatic moments of, um, of pain in my life. And the marriage version, um, I had an emotional affair, gosh, it's seven, eight years ago now. Um, and so I had to get to the place where I understood that I wasn't going to just try to fix my marriage, right? Because I'll never forget how they're looking at me after, you know, four months of being separated. We didn't live together. I didn't. And she looks at me. And when the Lord kind of healed, began to heal her heart, began to heal my heart, we were both kind of chasing after him. She saw when I stopped chasing after fixing my marriage and I started chasing after fixing my soul, Mm. That is when suddenly she's like, oh, maybe there is a chance. Maybe mm. there is a shot. Because he, here's the truth. There was a lie that I agreed to that at some point God had abandoned me. And when God abandoned me, I was no longer desirable. And I found through therapy the birthplace of that lie. Now, here's the lie. God had abandoned me and I'm not, not desirable. Because if God doesn't desire me, then who, who is going to desire me? So when I made this agreement, and this agreement was made when I was 13 or 14, Mm. okay, this wasn't like an on-purpose agreement, but I had to do the work to get to the lie. Mm. Once I found it, I broke that lie Mm. because I, again, had been trying to like not look at 
this or not have this behavior or that behavior. No, no, no. It was all based on God has abandoned me and I'm not desired by God. Well, what medicates that? Well, let me feel desired then. Let mm. me go find some way to feel desired. And so I did. And I went out and I found it outside the realms of my marriage. Now, when I finally, and this was, this was after onsite. So actually when I was at onsite, so everybody knows, like well, our marriage had already been, been restored. Like we're, you know, but, but I was still on a journey trying to figure it out. And so what I try to tell people in the book is, is again, we've got to get, and I give people tools in the book, mm. tools to help you get to the lie that you made an agreement to. When you break that lie, I'm telling you, man, everything mm. changes. Everything wow. does. So how do you break the lie? Well, um, first you have to find it, right? Sure. So, so, um, the, and that's, I'll go ahead and tell you, that's three quarters of the work. Mm. Okay. So sure. to identify your spider, to locate your spider. Okay. So mm. you may identify it. So some people that are listening to this may, um, you know, may right away go, Oh, I, I know, I know what the lie is. Mm. Like I I've got it. Some people may be, I have no idea what the lie, but I know that I, I, I drink seven beers a night instead of two because it makes me feel better about life. Mm. So I know the cobweb, but I sure. don't know the lie. So you've got to get, you've you got to get to the lie first. You got to identify the lie. Um, then you have to locate the lie. Like where was it given birth? Mm. Okay. In your life. Uh, then you corner the lie, the spider. Okay. Then you corner it. And how you corner it is um, with the word of God and um, through, through, I give a lot of scripture and prayer and really through prayer, which, which I'm praying now in ways I've never prayed before because I, I don't even think I understood what prayer was. And then you kill the spider. You kill the lie. You take a, a dagger to the heart of that by, and, and now is where you, you just kind of have to do this work. You have to confess the lie, reject the lie, renounce the lie and replace the lie. Mm. And see what ends up happening, a lot of people get so close to killing it. They confess it. Okay, I've done wrong. This is what I believe. They reject it. Okay, I'm, I'm rejecting this lie and I'm setting it to the foot of the cross and Jesus, you deal with it. Mm. And then they feel like they're done. Mm. But here's the truth. When you get rid of a lie in your life that has been taken residence, a spider in your heart for so long, when that spider gets evacuated from your heart, it leaves you with a chasm. Mm. It leaves you with a hole that unless you replace it at the very, that's the last step, replace it with truth, mm. then all you're doing is setting yourself up for another lie to come in. Wow. So that last step after you confess, reject, renounce to replace the lie with God's truth, mm. there it is. And so we're not just talking about, I'm not just talking about these big, nasty, hairy spiders, right? So like mm. there's the hairy spiders and thick cobwebs that people think about, like alcohol, pornography, infidelity, like these things. But let's be honest, like spiders don't have to be big, hairy, ugly things. They can be little baby ones. They can get hatched mm. all the time. Great. Here's a great example. Today, today, here, we are at recording this, just, you know, not that it matters, but we're recording this for the sake of this story at a, a, a conference. And I saw the lineup of the conference when I was supposed to speak. And I saw that I was speaking... After John Acuff, like right after John, who was the funniest human being on the planet. And I'm speaking right before Reggie Joyner, who's the founder and the most loved human being at this conference. And then they stick me right in the middle. So you know what happens immediately? I start creating a lie in my head. Mm -hmm. What's the lie? Oh, I'm, I'm going to bomb. Like, I know I speak for a living full time, but why would they stick me between these two people? Like, no one's even going to care about what I have to say. You see, I start creating these lies mm. in my head. And if I don't break that lie in that moment, 
I'll get up on stage and, and I will bomb because mm. I'm speaking this truth or this lie over my life that is going to become truth. So what do I do? Mm. I confessed it. I went to the bathroom mm. with, with my Bible. I confessed it. I rejected it. I renounced it. I sent that lie away and I replaced it with the truth of no, God has called me here and he's called me to deliver a word. And I got up on that stage confident mm. and delivered a truth to these people that was for them from God through me. So mm. that, that was a kill the spider in five minutes. It didn't take three years of therapy. You know what I'm saying? Right. So there we go. Well, and you've kind of done a lot of the work for us. I mean, you went away for seven days or you yeah. went through your pain. And so the book, you know, takes your pain and kind of funnels it down and allows people that, that aren't going to spend seven days with a therapist. They're not going to spend 30 minutes with a therapist right. for whatever reason, which, Yeah. whatever that reason feels yeah. kind of bizarre to me. But nonetheless, that's where a lot of people are is they can go through this and find out what their spiders are. You know, we have, we do, um, an exercise that dissects people's arguments. Mm -hmm. And it's so powerful because one of the things it does is like, we always get in silly fights about, you know, we call serious damage with silly fights. Okay. Right. And so you're going, what are we really fighting about? If we're not talking about the towels on the floor, or we're not talking about that you're 15 minutes late and mm -hmm. we got to, what are we really talking about? And one of the things we talk about is that arguments, you know, they show the lie written on your heart. Yeah. Yes. And the lie written on my heart as a kid was you're defective. There's something yeah. wrong with you. Wow. I was told every day of my life, mm, something's wrong with you. Wow. And I brought that into adulthood. Mm -hmm. I brought that boy, mm -hmm. that yep. wounded kid oh, yeah. into adulthood yeah. and pull it, come in full circle back to marriage. My wife married a boy in some ways, yeah. not always, but in this area, that felt defective. Yeah. So when she would be frustrated with just some pretty common things, it would devastate me. Absolutely. And she'd be like, whoa, I just said, <laughs> bro, relax, man. What is this? In fact, we we're both pretty sensitive and we've kind of <laughs> laughed going, if we were married to normal people, we would melt into the carpet. <laughs> so good. Uh, but it's those things. And Carlos, I don't want to ever discourage anybody from doing marriage counseling. Right. But, I do feel like a lot of times the reason the success rate of marriage counseling is so low is people go in there, they share their issues, and they work on the issues. They yep. work on, to use your language, the cobwebs. Oh, absolutely. And what changed our marriage is when Ted Lowe went, yes. you know what? This isn't about Ted and Nancy. Yes. This is about Ted. Yep. And I said, when we got married if and we brought baggage, uh -huh. she brought a makeup kit worth, and I brought a U-Haul truck worth yep. of baggage. So I brought that in. It took me doing the work to go, what's really going on? It's yeah. not things Nancy's doing. It's something that someone else did. It's, it's this lie on me that something's wrong with me. Yes. And to replace it with God's truth, truth. God's truth is I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. But I think people, whether they're in the business world, whether they're in ministry, whether they're a church leader, they get the thing that you described earlier mm -hmm. of... You know, why I'm at in between John Acuff and Reggie Joyner, everybody that's in ministry that knows all three of you are going, this guy is questioning why he's between John Acuff and Reggie Joyner. So what I think it does for people, yeah. you know, what do they say? Don't compare what you know about yourself with what you don't know about somebody else. Right. Is it's just our world. We're all f fighting the same thing. For you, if you're listening and, you know, for you, it's business and you're wondering why you're, you didn't get the promotion the guy next to you did. Or maybe you're wondering why some of you moms are feeling like, why am I not the mom that I wanted to be? And this yeah. mom seems to be killing it. And yeah. her kids seem to be very obedient and mine seem out of control. But I think again, full circle to marriage is 
if we can kill these spiders as individuals, yeah. if we can allow God to come into those spiders, it can change our marriage. It always takes two to keep a negative cycle going, but if one of them can change it, yeah. Wow, I get so excited about this book for people, yeah. Carlos. I really do. I'm, you know, and again, I love you and want to want to pump this for you and want this to be good, but I'm telling you with 100% authenticity, those of you listening, you need to grab this book. Yeah. And they can find it at killthespider.com. killthespider.com and yeah, it it definitely is uh it's it's kind of been described um, again by some people on my book launch team as as a a, a loving two by four to the face uh, <laughs> that that you know a lot of people ordered the book for friends because oh gosh this is something about my friends <laughs> and then they they started reading it and they're like oh no this is this is for me because again everybody has lies that they that they battle yeah. with and. Mm. And and it's just it's just a way that again you don't have to go to seven days straight of therapy. I did that for you, so why yeah. don't you just let me take you on that journey and, and help you guys out? Well, Carlos, thank you so much. But before I let you go, why I've got you here? I'm, yeah, we're gonna do um, sixty second questions. I'm gonna ask okay. you a question. Take sixty seconds to answer this. Uh, what has been yours and Heather's last silly fight? Oh my gosh, mine and Heather's last silly fight. Okay. My wife had. Um, I only have sixty seconds, right? My my, my wife uh, has. Take what you want. We're okay, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Take what my, you need. My, my wife has uh, got six chicks because um, she's she's she does chickens, a little urban farmer, right? And so she um, gets these chicks, and they're cute, and they're little. You know, we have them in the house, and they get a little bigger. And well, one of the chicks, they're all supposed to be hens, ends up being a rooster. And so uh, it's illegal mm. to have a rooster in the city of Nashville, Tennessee. You can have the hens. You can't have a rooster. Because why? Because it's Cock-a-dee. five in the morning. Right? And so sure enough, I hear this rooster one morning. And I'm like, babe, one of those, one of those hens is not, is, is not a hen. It's a rooster. And she's like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, what, do you mean, what am I going to do? These are yours. And she's like, no, you, you need to get rid of the rooster. And so mm. suddenly we get in this fight about, me having to get rid of her rooster, which mm. she's the one that I don't want these chickens. I'm, I'll go to the mm. store and get these eggs, you know. And so we get in this fight. Come to, f- I put it on the next door app. I put it on Facebook. Nobody wants, uh, nobody wants the rooster. And I didn't want to, to put it, give it away on Craigslist because they're just going to make it cockfight. I mean, someone's <laughs> going to find it. And so, mm-hmm. so I had to YouTube. We got in a, a big silly fight. I had to YouTube how to humanely kill this rooster. And so I had to, I on YouTube, I, I had to make this concoction and I went and I sharpened it and I, I actually butchered this rooster and then we had it for, we had it for dinner. But that, that was our last fight was over this rooster that was her rooster that somehow I became in charge of and got blood on my hands because of that. <laughs> she turned you into a rooster killer. Yes. Okay. She did. okay. Was it good? Did, did. Was it good? Was it tasty? Uh, you know, we, uh, everything I heard about eating roosters is they're real, they're real um, um, gamey. Mm-hmm. So uh, she put it in a, uh, like in a soup and didn't tell us. And so uh, we, we ate the rooster without even knowing. <laughs> <laughs> you speaking of counseling, your kids will need some. After oh, this. Yeah. I love oh yeah, I love sure. it. I love it. Tell me, what's your favorite thing about Heather? Oh my gosh, my favorite thing about Heather is that uh, currently, there's a lot of favorite things, but currently, my favorite thing about my wife is I'm watching her become the 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 one that is the most needed in out of Carlos and Heather and the family, like it used to be Carlos that was like going and speaking at events and all these things. And suddenly in the last two years, people have realized that my wife is actually the sage in my family. She's the, mm. the smart one. She's the one that the prophetess, she's the one that is so good at getting somebody from their um, cobweb to their spider. Mm. Normally it takes people, it takes people 
therapy to do this, but my wife can sit with you and in five minutes, you're there. And I just can't do that. And so what I love most about her is that gift set in her and that we're finally at a place where we're doing stuff together. Not just Carlos is going out. Now we're doing this Kill the Spider stuff together. We're hosting a podcast together. What's the name of your podcast? It's called Enter Wild. Enter Wild. Yeah, Enter Wild. And uh, and my wife and I, we co-host that podcast together. And I did the podcast for four episodes before my wife. We had like a thousand downloads per, per, per episode. The first podcast that my wife does 10,000 downloads. I mean, it's Amazing. just, people don't want to hear from me. They want to hear from my <laughs> wife and for, for good reason. And so that's what I love about my wife is that she is, she doesn't want the platform. She doesn't want the, she wants to do ministry in her living room mm. with one or two people. Uh, it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's, that's the great thing about a lot of women. They yeah. just don't need it. They don't have uh, to go pray about no. being in between Jan and Acuff. And nope. Nope. They, they don't, they don't have those issues. Yeah. And I'm just, she would totally, if she hears this, mm. which she will, mm. uh, she's going to die laughing. She's going to, are you serious? Like that, that was your, that was your thing, bro. I'm like, yeah, sorry, babe. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry about that. Oh, okay. And then finally, who has the best marriage that you know of and why? Wow. Who has the best marriage that I know of and why? Um, that is a really difficult question. I would say right now, people that Heather and I look up to, there's a there's a couple of ours, they're our age. Um the Bergstroms, Blake and Allie Bergstrom. And they, their marriage is, they're so open with each other. I, I think that's why their marriage is so beautiful to us is because they've, I don't think they've ever had a moment and they'll probably even say this. They've been so vulnerable and authentic with each other that they've never had a, a moment in their marriage where there's been any deceit brought between them. And I'm not even talking about major deceit. They've just, they've just been super vulnerable and honest with each other forever. And so there's such beauty in seeing people that don't even have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've watched them. Their girls have been best friends with our girls. Actually, when our marriage fell apart, I moved into their house. Mm-hmm. And so they were the family who I lived with for four months. And so mm-hmm. I got to see firsthand mm-hmm. a couple that loves me and also loves my wife, not choosing sides, but just care for me for me. Isn't it crazy you think about God's timing on all of this, yeah. you know, that you just happen to be with that family and you just, yeah. you know, it's just God's timing. It's so, Absolutely. He, he does love us and yeah. we're not abandoned and we're not effective, no. right? Well, thank you so much, Carlos. And make sure you check out killthespider.com. I think it's going to be so powerful when we as individuals uh, become the best version of ourselves. And that comes when we kill the spiders and kill the lies that God does not want us to believe. Carlos, thank you again for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, Ted, that was a really helpful interview. And I know for me, sometimes it's just nice to put some language and wrap some words around these things and behaviors that are rattling around in our minds that we can't get past. It's like, oh, okay, it's helpful to be like, this is a cobweb. Now I see that more clearly. This is, and this is the spider behind that. And that's what I'm really after. And to know that like the, the things that you make a really big deal about are the cobwebs because you can't, sometimes you just can't see Mm. the spider. You're like, you know, for me, it's like all I see is like the messy house mm-hmm, and it makes me so angry that I'm, I'm like blind to the fact that I'm angry maybe for a different reason than what even what I initially think I'm mad for. Yeah, going back to kind of what we were talking about at the you know top of the episode, we were talking about, oh yeah, your house and the perfectionism and you know you want that super orderly house, but like 
just the point of all this is like, Hey, maybe there's something else behind all of that, that like, it's not, it doesn't start and stop with that messy house. And if you can drill down a little bit further and figure out what, where the spider is behind that cobweb, that's where you actually start to get past the, you know, mistakes or things that keep the uh, moments that keep coming up in your marriage. Yeah. And you know, it's not a, a fun thing to do. I mean, we, right. we've kind of broken our own rule. We want to make marriage real fun and simple. <laughs> right. And this one, I think we've, um, we veered off course just a little bit, but I think it was an uh, intentional detour because this is one of those things that's underlying. It's so important that we get this. And when we talk mm-hmm. about this in terms of, of couples fighting, we mentioned that in, in the interview. But to go deeper to say, hey, this isn't really about the house. This isn't about, you know, and I think mm-hmm. about my own spiders. I mean, we need to have done a lot of work in this area, like in terms of this lie of what's going on with us. And, you know, for me, I know my lie was you're, you're defective. Mm-hmm. You know, something was going on, you're defective. And I think, you know, why do I keep asking the same question? Because I got to get things done. If I don't get things done, then I'm defective. And so it's like, whoa, wait a minute and pull them back. And so I think when people would take the time uh, and it's, it's, you know, uh, what did Carlos, one of his friends said, it was like a loving two by four to the face. <laughs> right. I'm going, I'm, I know what all of you are listening going, oh, that's exactly what I'm looking right. forward to. So right. this, this may not be your jam. This may not be your episode, but I think it's an important work that once we get to the truth of it, it's just huge. And so uh, we always give people one simple thing, mm-hmm. right? And so I think for us on this episode, we're going to say, it's not quite as simple, but it's it's worth it. And it's just just to start with going to killthespider.com. Isn't that right, yeah. CJ? Yeah. Our one simple thing this week is a little bit different. And because this is such a, a powerful principle, we just suggest, hey, go to killthespider.com and that will uh, take you to right to Carlos's new book. And so our one simple thing is to buy the book. And this is kind of a weird thing because, I mean, honestly, I mean, it's like, oh, it sounds a little sales pitchy, but we're not getting anything from this. This is just like, no, we believe in this. And I've read the book myself. Like it is a powerful, powerful principle. Uh, once you start to drill down and apply it mm-hmm. in your life and, you know, to get rid of those spiders. Yeah. It's, and it's so powerful when we do. Okay. So, so CJ, let's talk about your spider for just a second here. You're not wanting to do this, right? I can no, see the look that, at your that, face. That's fine. That's fine. We'll do a this. A little bit squirmy. Just, okay. we'll do this before we wrap. That's fine. Okay. All right. So, you say, hey, because I know you adore your wife. I mean, you are pro Terry all yeah. the way. Team Terry. Team Terry. Yeah, We've tried to get you to say bad things about her. And just won't. <laughs> he just He just will not do it. Yeah. So, all right. So, let me ask you this. All right. So, you're staying at work. Yeah. So we're going back to my... We're going back to work. What, my my thing that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, you stay too late. Yeah. You stay too late. Ah, oh, I don't need to do that. I don't want to do that. I, why don't I just go home? Why do you... St- what happened? What's the... Pay- Every behavior has a payoff. So what's the payoff of staying longer? Um, the payoff is obviously... I, I mean, it sounds stupid, but you, know, you get more done. You get ahead. You work harder, longer, faster, you know, better than... Uh, the people, the other people, right? And, and that makes, that says what about you? That I am, that I'm, I'm valuable, that I've, I'm bringing worth to the table, that I've got something to offer that, you know what I mean? I've right. got to prove myself. That's what I feel like. Well, and here's the thing. Everybody around the office says we need about 20 more CJs. So mm-hmm. it's, it's paying off in, in the sense of, well, mission accomplished because everybody knows that that's, that that's who you are. The question would be, you know, why do you need that 
so bad and what that that trumps going home to Terry because my cobweb is that I'm always getting home late and that is just a mistake that I'm making in my marriage that I'm never I'm never on time I'm never giving Terry some of my best hours and I would say that's your spider of that is for you to want to be valuable at some point in your life let me get real psycho babble on you some point in your life it's somebody important said something to the contrary or said, if you don't perform, then you don't have value with me. That somewhere along the way that there was a performance valued thing on you. The stamp of approval for you came from you performing. Yeah. And I mean, not to get too, you know, drill too deep, but like, you know, my dad is a very successful guy in business. And so he's always kind of been the standard. You always want to, you know, match or exceed your parents, you know, right? Right. And so there is, I think there is probably some of that too. Like my dad was just, uh, is a hard driving, great hard worker who, you know, and it worked for him. You know, he reached that, whatever that is. And sometimes I just wrestle with some of that. And that, when you're successful in your work life, that's a very public version of worth and value and all of that. And sometimes the mistake that I make is I put more value on that than, Mm. you know, my marriage or Terry giving me some of that. You and so many people like we get, you know, that's a very tangible thing. You know, work is way more tangible than relationship, right? Like you Mm -hmm. get more, Hey, I got this done. I got this document Mm -hmm. done with marriage. It's more ambiguous. And so it's like, we want the tangibles. So, you know, maybe this spider is, Hey, I feel like I got to measure up to dad at some point. It's like, you know, it's, you know, to be valuable, to be the man, I've got to be this kind of man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ted, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for hey. going there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was... a little bit of counseling, ZJ. I know, right? Yeah. It's free. All I had to do is sit in front of this mic and do it. It's you know, taking free you 12 public... episodes to get some free... Yeah. <laughs> free yeah. public counseling. That's great. I like that. No, but it's true. And it is helpful. And you know what? I, I think, too, um, I, like the, I like what Carlos said about how, you know, his wife can look in at how he operates and who he is. And, like, in one second, she can kind of identify his spider. Terry like, could totally knows. do that, too. And that's the thing that I think is actually really interesting. Mm. Kind of my takeaway from, from this is, like, I kind of want to go home and, like, just ask Hudson what he thinks my spider is or what mm. my spiders could be. Because I feel like I'm kind of sitting here like... Oh gosh, I don't know. Maybe it's that I'm so awesome. I, I <laughs> like my spiders are so hard to be seen. Like I can't even think of one thing. And I'm sure he'd be able to like just go. That's what your spider is. Yeah, it, it's just so easy not to dedicate any time to thinking about this stuff too. And it's just it's so easy to just only focus on I'm late again or the house is torn apart again. I know we're kind of harping on that a little bit, but it's just like it's so easy to always live there and never take a few minutes, even just like the five minutes you just took with me, Ted, like what I've never really drilled down and talked about, you know, discussed some of that. And because sometimes like, especially with a topic like this, you think that the symptoms have to be these giant things like mm-hmm. addiction or right. some kind of pattern That's of behavior that is ex- mm-hmm. like so extreme. And if you don't have something like that currently in your life, you're like, well, I don't have any spiders. I don't have any cobwebs. I'm good, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think that's probably why we keep harping on this, like, you know, for me, it might just be this thing that seems small, but it has a a deeper meaning. And um, so anyway, yeah, I think, I think that's kind of why we're, we keep bringing up the, the late to work Because this is real life. 
It's real life. Yeah. It's real life. Real fun and simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more more on the real part than the simple this week, fun yeah. part. But yeah, it was absolutely. great. That was a great conversation. Thank you, Ted. Thank you, Carlos, for joining us. And thank you for joining us for the Merry People Podcast. We hope today's episode helped you realize that marriage is a little easier than you think. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Your review will help us make this podcast better. And finally, for more great resources to make your marriage better, uh, you can check out marriedpeople.org. You'll find links to Ted's book that he's written called Your Best Us. You'll find a link to Carlos's new book, Kill the Spider, there in our show notes. You can find all of this and more, again, at marriedpeople.org. And then join us for next week's episode. Until next time, I'm CJ. I'm Afton. I'm Ted. And thank you for listening. <laughs>